you're somebody who wants to know how to more effectively conduct one-on-ones as you grow your team and you are an aspiring team leader and you want to know how to get the most out of people, I'm going to talk to you today about the techniques that I've been evolving over time over my 17 years running, it's actually 18 years now running this particular business and prior to that in my team leadership roles in full-time employment. I'm going to be talking about what I'm doing to grow my team. Here at Best Practice right now I'm running a team of 54 under my delegation and then in the other parts of our business another 130 people. So it's about 200 people here on site that we're working with and conducting with one-on-one. So we're trying to empower our team leaders and our supervisors and our foremen to be helping, uh, you know, to empower their team, plus our executive managers and also some members of our board even. So when we're conducting one-on-ones, what I'm hoping to give to you this particular video is some guidance and advice on the effective strategies that I've found to help get great one-on-ones and get great results out of one-on-ones with everybody. I've got a dashboard. We're live right now on LinkedIn. We're live right now on YouTube. Uh, We are trying to be live every week. Uh, thank you for your patience. I've actually just had two weeks off. So I had the school holidays here in Sydney, Australia, uh, two weeks off over the Easter period in 2021. I really enjoyed that. And that was one of the big goals I set for myself for 2021 was to be able to kind of take the school holidays, spend some time with my son. He's only got two years left of primary school and I kind of want to make the most of that before he decides that he doesn't want to be my little friend anymore. So um, that's been really good and I appreciate everyone giving me the opportunity to do that. How does that relate to one-on-ones? Well, it's really important. If you can get your team members set up, then you can take some time away for your team. I used to get super anxious about making sure that everybody was organized and everyone was set up and everybody knew what to do and write massive to-do lists for people before I took holidays, Uh, but I felt like I was completely tied to the business and completely tied to my team. And what I want is if you're somebody that is racking up huge amounts of annual leave and you're not taking leave and you're not taking holidays because you feel like you can't leave your team, they're going to get things wrong, they're going to make mistakes, then it's these one-on-ones conducted on a frequent basis that are really going to accelerate your progress to achieving that goal, which is to get some time off to rest and relax, reset, reset, refresh, and re-energize so that you can get back in and do great stuff and progress your worthy course. Um, I've got a dashboard here for comments, so if you are watching live on YouTube, then I can see your comments there. I apologize for turning away from the camera, um, but we have got that running. Good morning, Stan. Um, uh, Shashibar, I hope I said your name correctly. Great to have you guys on board. Uh, It means a lot to me if you guys can tell me where in the world you are watching from uh, so I can kind of see our global audience because we do get a lot of traffic from all over the world. So let's get into it. So you want to start empowering your team members to get better results. And I want to give you kind of a saying to keep campaigning, which is delegate and elevate. How can you delegate and elevate? I want you to think about the things that you really like doing and you really enjoy doing and the things that you would kind of, it'd be really nice to be able to delegate them because you don't enjoy them. So you want to be focusing on what you really enjoy doing and you want to be delegating and elevating so that somebody can take over and do the things that you don't enjoy doing. So yes, there's a recruitment and a hiring strategy to find team members and team players who really like doing those tasks that you don't. So they won't like doing the things you like doing um, they'll like, you know, and, and, and then you won't like doing the things that they like doing. So that's kind of the goal. But when we get together to have a one-on-one, then we're going to start to have that kind of handover and transmission, if you like. So let's start with the frequency, and then I'll talk about how to set it up. So with my direct reports, I meet with them at least weekly. If it's a new direct report that started to report to me, 
you know, at a particular point in time in their career, I will meet with them twice a week and I try to keep it to half an hour, no more than an hour. Ideally, no more than 45 minutes. Why? Because if you can knock it over in 45 minutes, you kind of short and sharp and everybody's on the same page. And most importantly, it's really important to start accurately and exactly on time. So if your meeting is at 10 o'clock, start talking at 10 o'clock so that everybody knows that it starts 10 o'clock sharp and it finishes at 10.45 sharp. And then we're all on the same page that we can get in, we can get it done, we can have our chat, that we don't just sit back and ramble. It would hold, If you're somebody like me, who's kind of predisposed to talking a lot and kind of dominating the conversation, then if you keep it to 45 minutes, you're both going to kind of be anxious that you want to get it completed in the right amount of time. Okay, so tip number one is start thinking about, uh, tip number one is start really thinking about what time's it going to be and pick your time. I think Ideally for me, 30 minutes because I don't have a huge amount of time. And if I have 30-minute meetings, I can fit twice as many meetings in to the day than if it's one-hour meetings, for example. So if it's one-hour meetings, I can kind of only fit maybe eight or 10 meetings in. Uh, if I'm at 30 minutes, I can fit in 20 meetings. If I'm 15 minutes, then I can obviously fit in, you know, upwards, you know, around the kind of 50 mark, if you like. But um, that's obnoxious um, and, uh, and it burns me out pretty quickly. So we want to try to do that plus any research and preparation I need to do. I spoke, so tip number two, here it comes in the past about a great book called High Output Management by Andrew Grove. Uh, and in that book, there's kind of one key takeaway that I think is important, and that is that as managers, team leaders, supervisors, foremen, you know, when you're leading a team and you're managing a team and you're helping people, first and foremost, servant leadership, but more importantly, that you really only have one job, and that is to motivate and train. And if you've got individual members in your team that are not performing, you are to blame first. So stop blaming them and blame yourself first. You have fallen down in your obligations to motivate and train those people. And that's where I come from. So I come from this place when I'm meeting with people in my one-on-ones, which is like, okay, I've got to look at their performance. I've got to look at the areas that I need them to improve. I am their coach. And as their coach, I have failed to help them to success, and that is really your job. As a servant leader, your job is to help them to success, help to get the most out of them. So you are a coach. You are not somebody, uh, and if you're aspiring to be somebody who just wants to kind of, you know, issue instructions, then you're going to fail pretty quickly. As a servant leader, you have to lead by example. And that is super important. Okay, so tip number two is to really start to think about that and understand how you can help people. Your job is to motivate and train. So start, finish on time, set it, try to keep it tight, try to keep a set agenda, and then basically understand your job is to motivate and train. Tip number three, tip number three, getting into this, is empathy. I want you to think about what does empathy mean to you? So first and foremost, I want you to think about being selfish. How can you help the people that you're working with? How can you help them have empathy for you? How can you help them to understand you, your roles, your responsibilities, and the objectives and targets that are kind of set for you or that you have to achieve? So that's the first thing. You want to get these out of the one-on-ones so they understand as a team member, as a team player, how they are contributing to the team in your role as the captain. And the second thing for you, empathy is two-way street, is your empathy for them. So what's going on for them? 
what's happening with them, what's happening in their life. And I'm going to show you and I'm going to talk you through, um, I'm going to teach you right now some questions that you can use and you can ask to actually help with the empathy side of things. So instead of saying, hey, I've noticed that your performance is down at the moment and you're not achieving your numbers. If you don't achieve your numbers, I just don't know what's going to happen. Can you see that that's going to elicit fear and anxiety? It's going to make that person really stressed. But what if you went in and you said, hey, I've noticed that you seem to be struggling and you're not kind of hitting the numbers and you're not getting to the objectives that the business needs you to get to or the team needs you to get to. How are you? What's happening in your life right now? Is there anything I can help with? That servant leadership and leading by example, that person's going to think to themselves, wow, and particularly if you if you show up the same way, they care about they have noticed I'm struggling, they have been observing, they have been paying attention, and they're asking me what they can do to help. They care, so that person's going to feel safe. They're going to feel trusting. They're going to start to respect you. So you don't demand respect; you earn respect, and you earn respect after you've earned trust. So you have to think about how you can build bridges and build relationships with people to actually earn and build trust. So I think it's important, and I kind of didn't say this because I assumed, but my lawyer serves never to assume. It's a quiet, safe space in a private place for these catch-ups. It's not kind of publicly in an office because if you do need to have those uncomfortable conversations, you want to allow someone to actually kind of tell you what's happening in their life, and they may not want to do that publicly in a broad and an open office. So if it's, if it's a little bit uncomfortable and we're not getting high performance out of somebody, then it's a quiet, safe space. If you need to draw their attention, attention to some areas where they're maybe not performing, it's very important to not be humiliating and, so, and, and not humiliating that person. So that's again, that's where empathy comes in. So because you're empathising with that person, you're not taking them out into a public space and you're not tearing them down because that's not going to create a safe space and those people are going to operate with fear they're not going to open up to you. They're not going to let you help them and you're not going to be an effective coach. Remember, your goal here is to be a great coach. I'm going to talk to you about a couple of questions, not all of them, but some of them out of this great book that I always recommend, which is The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stania. We've talked about this before um, in these videos. We've talked about this before in these sessions. I just quickly talked to you about the first couple of questions. I open all of my one-on-ones and people smile when I do this now because I open all my one-on-ones. Now that we're in flow, we've been doing them on a regular basis for well over 10 years now with the question, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? Maybe you could let me know in the comments, what's on your mind right now? What's on your mind? What are you concerned about? Let's do a one-on-one together right now. Maybe you don't need to comment if you don't feel comfortable commenting. Um, in or there on YouTube, but think about that maybe, write that down. What's on your mind? And what else is on your mind? I kind of asked that three times. What's on your mind and what else and what else? And that's really, as a coach, what you want to be doing is trying to get the thing like talk therapy or speaking therapy is really important in our one-on-ones to get performance out of people because we can understand what's kind of clouding someone's vision um, and what's clouding their ability and clouding their ability to be productive right now. And it's really important to be asking that question, what's on your mind and what else? Now, the next question is, of all of those things, what's the real tough challenge for you right now? What's the real challenge for you right now? And then we can go on to say, well, what do you actually want? 
And from a coaching habit and a coaching perspective in your one-on-ones, I can pretty much guarantee that's going to exhaust, exhaust your 30 minutes, but it's going to give you some insights into your athlete, your high-performance person that's working on your team, and how you can start to understand their unique situation and maybe give them some guidance and advice and support them to get the outcomes that you need. It is okay for you to say, hey, these are the things that I need from you. Are we clear and do you understand the objectives and what I'm expecting of you? You can ask those questions. They come after. They come after. They can't come in the beginning because if they come in the beginning, they're going to be thinking to themselves, I just can't do all this. I just can't do all this because I've got something else on my mind. So what's on your mind and what else and what else and all of that, what's the real challenge for you? And the final kind of question, and it's not the final one in the series, but it's the final one in the question in what I want to cover you with you right now is, and what do you want? What do you want? So you can understand their objectives and then you can start to massage how you're going to have your team performing. Let me know in the comments, is this helping? Uh, even if you are watching after the live recording, I'm interested to know if this is going to really help you and if this is going to be something that you could use and you, could, you guys could use in terms of actually implementing this with team members, either, <coughs> excuse me, team members beside you or team members around you. Okay, so let's just quickly summarise those tips again. We want to be starting and finishing on time. We want to try to keep our one-on-ones to, you know, I think 30 minutes is kind of a good target to aim for. Get in, get out, quick and sharp and sweet, and also on a frequent basis. So a minimum weekly with direct reports for you if you're an aspiring leader. So and 30-minute one-on-one as a catch-up, a work in progress going on. We want to have that quiet space that we talked about to it with empathy, love and empathy potentially, because remember they're your team members, you know, it's your work wife or your work husband, it's the person that you spend a huge amount of time with and we want to be starting to think about that and how you can help those people. We want to be thinking about servant leadership. We want to have that quiet space that I talked about and then we want to use those great questions. And we want to be, I think the, the, the kind of final tip that I wanted to talk about in this particular video on this live stream is that it is important for you to speak last. So you can just open questions to kick it off, what's on your mind and what else. Then they can kind of unpack what they're thinking. You can kind of talk about what's going on. Um, I blend in a few other questions. One thing for me is like what's causing friction for you in the business right now? What is something that you're struggling with? What are you drifting towards? What are you drifting away from? As we grow our business, and I've kind of done this before, I'm looking for the business growth like this. I'm looking for the gaps so as the business grows, people become more specialised. They become less generalist and more specialised. And what I do with my team is I let them drift. And I see what they're drawn to and what they drift towards. I think about the things I need done. And instead of getting frustrated they're not getting done, I go, okay, you're really talented in a particular area. Let's deploy you in that direction. And let's go look for talent to fill the gaps so I'm constantly, as a leader with a fairly big team, doing a gap analysis and starting to look at, okay, I've got to go find someone who's strong in this particular area, who wants it, and they jump into that area. Okay, bonus tip. I love talking about this stuff because I can blend in extra stuff. When I'm looking at my individual team members and sort of stepping back and thinking about those one-on-ones, I'm constantly checking in on a simple formula that I use, which is get it. Do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have capacity? Now, we can keep building capacity and skills and competence and, and knowledge. What we can't do is if they haven't got 
the emotional resilience to do the job. They haven't got the grit and the tenacity to keep forging forward. They haven't got the motivation. And as much as you can motivate them in your work environment, they haven't got that. So I'm thinking about, do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have capacity? If they don't want it, they're never going to be an A player. And if they don't get it, they're never going to be an A player. If they don't have capacity, they're never going to be an A player. It's the A players. If you can keep, if you can bring a, a C player to be a B player, to be an A player, you're going to get high performance, you're going to get trust, and you're going to get loyalty. But sometimes somebody might be better off on a different team or in another part of the team. Somebody who really wants it, but actually they're going to be better off in a different role, you can move them around until they fit with get it, want it, capacity, or GWC. Excellent tool. Okay. Um, there's a lot of echo coming in. How are you guys going with the audio? Um, interested in getting more work assigned to me that is currently done. Okay, that's an excellent question. If that's the case, then go to your direct leader or manager and you want more work assigned to you, you say, go in and ask what's on your mind and what else and what can I help with? And keep asking those questions. This is a really great book. Do you have a copy of this book in your library? I can highly recommend it because you can actually reverse engineer this. So don't just expect this book to be for you as a supervisor or a leader. You can actually manage up by going into your manager's office and saying, you know, what's on your mind and what else and what else? So we're just going to check on the audio. We've got somebody just checking on the audio there. I apologize if it's really echoey for you guys. Um, sometimes the, the social media platforms do struggle to pick up the audio, and I apologize. I also speak very quickly. Okay, um, not a huge amount of interaction on LinkedIn today, so uh, we're going to probably leave it there. Um, I hope this has been a great – everything okay? Yep, okay, excellent. Um, I hope this has been okay. I'm here live for you guys, for everyone who's watching on YouTube. Have you got any questions? Um, I can help with those questions. There is a bit of a delay, so I will wait for those questions to come in. Um, but that's uh, basically a wrap for us. Nothing, okay, nothing there on um, LinkedIn. Fantastic. Terrific. No questions? Okay. We might leave it there. Just a quick and short one. We will be back this time next week. I'm going to be doing more leadership and development growth sessions for you guys. So if you are an aspiring leader, if you are somebody who is getting involved in, um, you know, becoming a leader, doing some professional development and growing your team and helping more effectively. I'm going to be talking more about that over the next couple of weeks. And um, also we've had a few requests for people who want some help with social media. We obviously do a lot of social media. We've realized we know a huge amount of information. Uh, let me know in a direct message if you want to know more about social media. We're going to be doing some customized sessions for that. We might, we'll run them live. We won't run them on the public forum. So let me know if you're interested in learning more about how you can be more effective on social media if you're really busy and how you can blend that through and do more posts, etc. Okay, um, that's it for us. Let's call it a wrap. Quick, short, and simple session today. I hope you enjoyed the content. If you are not following us on Instagram, we've got a huge amount going on Instagram, so look for my handle, Kobe Simmer. If you are following us on LinkedIn and you are following us on YouTube, make sure you've got your notifications turned on so you see it when we go live. Same time each week, we'll be live this time next week. Uh, so mark it in your calendar and I'll have some great content for you that's going to help you to grow and improve as a leader. And if you don't see me on any of those social media platforms, you will definitely see me right here next time on Best Practice TV. Bye for now. Thank you.